Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we've reprogrammed ourselves, and we've got unfinished business. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and I am hosting tonight, which begins our series of quarantine specials, which are movies whose box office run was impacted by the spread of COVID-19, the coronavirus, or movies that have been released on demand early as a response. So uh, basically, uh, for this episode, we're going to live our lives a quarter's worth of nanites at a time, because we're talking Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel, a film that literally had one week to make a profit before everything totally shut down. So Bloodshot stars Mr. Fast and the Furious himself, Vin Diesel, Guy, just cut that check, Pierce, uh, Lamorne, why am I doing this ridiculous British accent? Morris, he was on New Girl, he's not British. Isa, I'm often the paramour to people old enough to be my dad, Gonzalez. And Toby, Hacker Doom, Kevil, among others. Directed by by David Wilson. uh, Notable because it was his first feature film. Uh, You would know his work if you're a big video game fan. He did cinematic trailers for a couple huge video games, such as Bioshock Infinite, that uh, crazy Star Wars The Old Republic trailer that everybody loved, and then the game was nothing like it, and Mass Effect 2. Uh, so released March 9th, only grossed $29 million worldwide in that opening weekend. Not great, but since it only cost $48 million, it's probably going to break even at some point, and uh, not reviewed well, because all these critics suck. So, before we get too deep, uh, down the rabbit hole of rinse, recycle, repeat assassinations, along with me are Captain Cash. Hi, hi. And hailing from Guy Pierce's creepy super soldier laboratory, Chumpzilla. Howdy, listeners. How's everybody doing? Little known fact, Chumpzilla's superpower is actually they replaced his liver so he can actually imbibe three times the normal amount that would kill a person. But no, he he just powers right through it. This is true, folks. It's a gift and a curse. What can I say? Okay, so points of order. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at WriterTLK, Captain Cash. At C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. This movie is available to rent or purchase on just about every platform. Hefty price tag, though, 20 bucks because it was one of those, I believe they're tagging them as like theater at home experience or something like that. What I thought was interesting, as a Comcast victim, um, it's not available to rent right now. It's only available for purchase. Maybe it is just purchase. I bought it, and I don't regret it. Yeah, I, which I haven't I, seen I think, rent at all. Right. It's just twenty bucks to buy it. So it's like having maybe in a few weeks they'll relax room. that. Maybe it'll be ten bucks to rent. I don't know, but right now, yeah, twenty dollars to purchase. Is I will what's say failed. this: uh, I like this movie. We'll see what they thought about it, but uh, if you're gun-shy about spending 20 bucks, wait, because it really isn't that good. 
I just enjoy it despite its obvious flaws. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things where you chip in with a couple other folks and go, all right, we'll we'll watch it together, and you give me five bucks, and you give me five bucks, and you give me five bucks, and cool. But otherwise, yeah, maybe hang out. <laughs> Overall, I will say this. On a budget of under $50 million, I'm I'm slightly impressed. See? You're coming around already. This movie looks better than a $50 million generic action movie should um it's still a generic action movie but i you know hey i it looked spendier than 50 million this looked like maybe like an 80 or 90 million dollar movie um but i think if you go back and rewatch it you see how small a lot of the action really is so that's Mm. probably where they saved on the budget they kept things pretty small not a lot of mayhem not a lot of generic cgi destruction it's pretty tight pretty small scale but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I'm impressed knowing how cheaply it was actually made. You know what? You're small on a generic podcast guest. Nobody makes fun of Bloodshot. Not not this time around. This movie, this movie rules. This is a weird. This is a weird hill to die on, Mister Wizard. Oh, I'm gonna die on this hill, and then I'm gonna be revived, and I'm gonna die on it again. It's less of a hill, more of a mound, really. I'll die on this hill until I, ki- I until I've killed all of Guy Pierce's nemesises. Anyways, tonight we're drinking Twenty First Amendment Brews Free or Die Blood Orange IPA. Uh, I thought that encompassed quite a bit of the themes of this movie. Clocks in at seven point zero ABV and it has a potent citrus punch, much like CGI Vin Diesel has a potent punch. When he fights in elevator shafts. That is true. Very true. I'll drink to that. This is a comic book movie. Now, I never read Bloodshot. I don't know if either of you did. Yay, nay? Nope. I am between 70 to 90% certain I have Bloodshot number one somewhere in my comic book collection. Bloodshot, yeah. Well, I mean, it came out in the height of the '90s boom when you had Image, and yep. And this was this was Image's like broke stepbrother Valiant comics, and like everybody was buying every number one. And I remember, I remember, I remember buying it. Like I had this one and one or two other Valiant comics. It was like Core C O R P S, which was very much a bloodshot alike where it's a team of corpse yeah yeah who have superpowers yeah i just they they had exo man of war and harbinger and i mean they they had like four or five decent books that were stocked in your your comic store they had a presence they had a spot on the shelf but yeah they were definitely they were uh less mainstream than image for sure yeah this this, this was not this was not Wildcats or Wildcats or Gen Thirteen. Okay. Ah, well, yeah. Brief aside, I uh, I used to have a Sega Saturn game that was Iron Man teaming up with Exo Man of War. It was not good. Ah, yes. It was not good. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, since I never read Bloodshot, you guys maybe casually knew of him. 
we'll just do a little brief background. He is a Valiant Comics character, one of the more popular characters in their universe. Uh, he's sold over 7 million comics across languages. Bloodshot number one sold approximately 1 million. So I guess the other six for the. So it's not that weird that I might have. Yeah, Come on. No. I think it was an event, and it was awarded best comic by Diamond Distributors, which is the American Comics Industry's leading distributor and best innovation because it had a chromium cover. Straight up, the only game in town. You want to know why there are no com- new comics for the next little while? Diamond shut down. Thanks, coronavirus. So. Um... I think it's funny because we're talking about like '90s generic comic stuff. I always got Bloodshot confused with Chapel, which was yeah, that's fair. A villainy side character from the Spawn universe. Yeah, kind of the same thing, right? Except he had. A- I don't. I don't think Chapel had superpowers. He was just Black Punisher who painted the skull on his face. It, Tigers. Yeah, I, Kevin I get Costner those guys. Throws a perfect game for love of the game. Anyone? No. <laughs> That's the chapel what? I know. Bull Durham. Billy Chapel. Bull Durham. Bull Durham's a good movie. No. Hi. Different. I'm Susan Sarandon. You might, you might, you might, you might remember he's being Tim Robbins' mother, but I'm actually his wife. So Bloodshot, created by Kevin Van Hook, Don Perlin, Bob Layton. Is a super soldier with powers of regeneration and metamorphing, made possible through nanites. Nanites are all over superhero slash science fiction cinema. Still, it's a thing. Uh, of course, he goes to work murdering people, and there's foul play afoot, which is essentially the movie itself. Now, before we tackle the plot itself, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? I will begin with Captain Cash. You know, honestly, I'm just really happy to see that Guy Pierce is on the other side of the manipulate the guy with memory issues game. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, he knows what it feels like. Right? You could just say maybe they're I mean, the same character. <laughs> this is what And Joey Pants cut his arm off. What what, what was his name in Memento? Pants' his name or Guy Willie? Pierce's name? No, I remember. I haven't Guy seen Pierce's name in a long time. Well, while you're looking that up, Captain Cash, I'll give my one sentence description. And this time, folks, it is actually just one sentence. Vin Diesel stars in a grim, dark, generic action reboot of Groundhog Day. <laughs> I still don't feel like Groundhog Day is appropriate necessarily. No, that's a better movie. You're right. There's <laughs> a lot less Sunny and Cher in this movie. Uh, I said. Live, murder, talk in a gravelly voice, repeat. That's the that's the whole movie. Wait, bad British. Did you say graboids? Gravelly voice. I wish there was graboids in this. I mean, there was maybe some Kevin technically at one point. Does that count? Yeah. Well, hey, okay. So I'll say this because I think Captain Cash or. Somebody mentioned something about Guy Pierce in this movie, and I'll introduce this as an aside. I think it's really entertaining uh, that the budget for this movie required Guy Pierce's sleeves to always cover the majority of his forearm to make the CGI of his hand as easy as possible to render at all times. There were no difficult shots of his like mechanical hand. 
his his shirt sleeve always covered the majority of it, even to the point where it was like awkwardly like, why is his sleeve? He's got one sleeve rolled up, but the other one's like halfway through his forearm. Oh, it's because they don't want to bother with the CGI arms. They're just going to leave the sleeve covering it. Listen, like, that's a clever shortcut. I'm not going to fault the footman uh, yeah, for uh, finding ways to cut no, corners. That's, no, that's I, fair I, enough. But but like you know when you realize how cheaply it was made, you now you like oh, that makes sense. They they had to keep that yeah. arm as cheaply rendered as possible at all times, and they did a good job of it. It doesn't take away from the movie. It's just an it just it just you know just an observation. It doesn't take away from the movie. You know what happens, Chumzil, when you have to render too much of a body? You get Mark Ruffalo's stupid floating head in Infinity War. They did the smart. Oh thing. Jesus! Okay, okay, touche, touche. Okay. Oh, uh, you guys are so screwed now. But to be fair, that is that was offensive. There's no, I'm not defending that. That's indefensible. Floating Mark Ruffalo head is just terrible. That was horrible. In a, a gazillion dollar movie that had no business being in the finished cut. I hope on home media it's been corrected. Somebody please tell me that's been fixed. No, it's worse. Uh, no, yeah, it's still there. Jesus, media. Mark Ruffalo head, floating Mark Ruffalo head. Only rivaled by floating Paul Giamatti head. <laughs> Anyways, the actual description for this. I'm movie, the rhino! Focus up. We're getting way too out. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about this comic You know book what? Movie. You know what? I, I don't have any problems if we're going to talk about Mark Ruffalo because he's kind of dreamy. So we can just continue down that path as far as I'm concerned. Now, we're going to go back to this movie now. Uh, the actual description, and this is probably the laziest description I've ever seen from IMDb, which is known for lazy descriptions, is Ray Garrison, a slain soldier, is reanimated with superpowers. That's it. That's the description. That's legit, though. I mean, that, that technically that, that true. Is, uh, as bare bones as possible, that is this film. Yeah, yeah. So it's not wrong. It's not descriptive, but it's not wrong. Let's dive into the plot or parts of it because this is a brand new movie, and I think you should see it. Uh, when you see it, will depend on how much money you feel like spending on it. But I'm not going to spoil the whole movie. And anyways, if you saw the trailer, it spoils the whole movie. So. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> So, light plot spoilers, we're going to go over sort of broadly what happens, but we're not going to go into enough detail. You can still see this movie, and I can't tell you you're going to be surprised because you already know what happens in the movie Bloodshot, where the super soldier gets reanimated by a shady cabal of people that he then plots revenge against. But, you know, we're not going to tell you exactly how he kills the people. Well, he's going to do it with, like, guns and stuff. And and nanites from his blood. A lot of yeah. nanite stuff happening. Uh, Roll the yeah. credits. Okay, so plot breakdown or lack thereof. We are going to talk mainly about what this movie is. And here we go. Ray Garrison is a grizzled veteran whose scars tell all the tales he ever could. Returning home from a particularly dangerous mission, he and his wife retreat to the Malfi Coast for some much-needed R&R. He always comes home. Yeah. He always comes home. That vacation ends poorly. Martin Axe, Toby Kebbell doing his best Sam Rockwell from either Iron Man 2 or Charlie's Angels, abducts him. I disagree. That is that is very clearly Vince Vega and stuck in the middle with you. 
Oh, that's a good comparison too. But I mean, Sam Rockwell does those stupid dance things in both those movies. That's fair. That's not Vince Vega. That's his brother. And too, I love that. Yeah, not Vince Vega. The other Vega. Okay. Which Vega was it? It's not the one from Pulp Fiction, which is Vince Vega. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Um, It's another V. Yeah, Michael Michael Madsen. Madsen, yeah, it's Madsen, but but that is his brother. That's John Travolta's brother. Okay. Anyway, so Martin Axe abducts Garrison and his wife, kills them or kills her in front of him. In a very Anton Chigurh cattle pneumatic press to the head, which I think offs the wife, offs Diesel. And what we've just described happens in the first 15 minutes of this movie and is indicative of the rest of it for its sort of lack of new ideas. Basically, they went, okay, uh, this guy is from Reservoir Dogs, and he's going to do the thing from No Country for Old Men. He's the bad guy. Moving on. You realize, though, when you say, like, there's a lack of new ideas in this movie, that's 90s comics. Oh, yeah, no, that's so fair. It's kind of, like, really fitting that this it's is... It's as edgy yeah. as the source material, yes. Yeah, and you could also make a, the uh, the observation or the in-universe excuse that, and, hey, spoilers, except this is in the fucking trailer for some reason. Uh, all of this is made up. It's not really real. It's all just they've invented it. Yes. So that Bloodshot will become a, a, a weapon for them. So you can make the argument that, oh, well, the reason it's so hackneyed and done before is because these people are idiots. And, well, you know, they, they're just shitty. <laughs> they, they actually reference that in the movie. They, they do make a joke about the, the dance and the, the song choice, like as being cliche at one point. Yeah. Guy Pierce uh, scolds the programmer for it. Yes. So he's like, basically, no, your ideas are dumb enough. We don't need any more. Yeah, it's one of those things where the movie's doing the thing where it goes, we, we know this is kind of dumb, so if we acknowledge it, you're going to let it slide, right? Except you don't know it at this point. No, no, Except no, it comes you, later. I mean, that's it, it the, the stupid yeah. thing about the trailer is that you know that Guy Pierce is bad and he's manipulating Vin Diesel, Ray Garrison. So he awakes in the laboratory of Dr. Emil Harding, who is played by Guy Pierce, who is punching... Well, well, well below his weight. Uh, Harding acquired Garrison's body as a prototype for a nanite-infused super soldier. Now, apparently Garrison is the only one to have survived whatever experiment that he did on him, but he is part of a team of other augmented super soldiers. There's Jimmy Dalton and Tibbs. Yep, didn't even give that last that guy a last name. He's just Tibbs. No last name. And he's not even yeah. on the IMDb cast list. And, and he's not, uh, at least he's not, he's not Tink Tink, so that's good for him. Petition to, uh, petition to change Jimmy Dalton's name to Lieutenant Dan because of his magic legs. Uh, no, wait, can't we, can't we, he, he's a South African guy. Uh, oh, Oscar girlfriend. Pretorius, the dude who killed his wife, we he, should probably. Yeah, Tink Tink. That's, Cat, Cat, Cat Williams made a great joke about him being, like the sound he makes when he runs, like Tink Tink. Yeah, I don't think we can do yeah. that. You can't do that joke? No. Tink, tink. No, I don't no. do that. Nah, nah, not after you murder your wife. Well, and Cat Williams is sort of finally crazy, too. We can definitely call him more evil Blade Runner, because that was Oscar Pretorius' nickname. And this guy seems like a shittier person, which is, which is crazy, because if you're a shittier person than Oscar Pretorius, 
who literally killed his girlfriend in cold blood, you're not a very good person. But I didn't like Jimmy Dalton. Uh, he had something stuck no, in his crawl, no, it, and I didn't get it. Well, so here's the thing. Both him and Guy Pearce in this movie are clearly awful and evil for no real good reason. It, you know, I think you're supposed to see Guy Pierce's character as being like somewhat benevolent. Like he's trying to do the right thing and make a better world, but no, he's not. That's not his thing at all. He's, he, he doesn't view Vin Diesel's, uh, you know, nanite technology as a step forward for the world. He's like, no, it's just going to make a better soldier and I'm going to make a buttload of money off of it. And I don't care about the rest of you. And I'm going to, treat the rest of my minions like crap because I am evil. He, he Capitalism. Has, he's got zero Capitalism. redeeming qualities. He has zero... He, they don't... They try to make it seem like he's an interesting character, but no, he's just straight up evil the entire time. There's no, like... There's no, there's no like, redeeming factor at all for him. That's very true. But the biggest sin of the movie has nothing to do with that. It's that they never even attempt to convince you that the situation he's in is real, right? Like he, there's one scene, he talks to Tibbs, he talks to the Jagoff, uh, he talks to KT, who's played by Az Gonzalez, and then he starts having memories, and then he's like, I got unfinished business, which is his line throughout okay. the movie. Uh, they never establish that team as being like, oh, hey, welcome to the club, and we're going to do these great things, and he just goes straight into it. So no, no we, we, because Guy Pierce is straight up evil. There is no, there is no like. Yes, but that's there's the, no. That's the there's no facade. Fault. The movie has be, to give you a yes. facade, and it doesn't. Yeah, you're, no, I agree with you 100. percent It's just like they're just evil people doing bad things, and no one's questioning it. Now, Captain Cash has a question. When they do the whole, he comes out of whatever programming they're giving him he works out and discovers his powers and understands what he's capable of. And then he and KT have a drink and all this. Do they, do they need to do that every time they can program his memories? No. Why wouldn't they just uh, like, does guy, she do guy, the same guy dance Pierce of, says, let's find guy, out what drink you like. No guy Pierce says specifically that is a crucial part of their routine. Stick to the script. Yeah. Captain it's Cash. all about memory ticks that lead him to the place he's going because and keeping him in the right if, frame of mind. If they just engineer it all that they're not going to get, like he's going to experience things outside of that. They have to control every element of it. Uh, I know it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it doesn't but make again, any sense. If they can program him having all of those memories, why don't they program the part where he has drinks with Katie and, why does why don't they just have him kill everyone right off the bat and just murder them all and then just Guy Pierce has a one man army? Logic, yeah, I mean up. if you can program yeah. if you can program <laughs> him to believe he had a, a wife murdered hold, in hold multiple up, different like, ways, cause, cause why can't you just until you see Tibbs with this VR helmet in the end? And, and Tink Tink running around. How valuable are those guys? You should have just had Bloodshot kill them all right off the bat. And clearly, Silent could be taken out by a pillow across her chest. I, I don't understand her breathing thing, but she seems extremely vulnerable 
to me. None of those characters make any sense. Bloodshot should have murdered all of them within the first 15 minutes, and the movie probably would have been better for it. No, you're wrong. Anyways, forget about your logic. And <laughs> the whole reason this all matters, no. I, I'm not listening to any of your garbage anymore, is because it all sets up what we all came to see, which is Vin Diesel murdering fools and looking pretty old while doing it, but he's still murdering fools. And then the cycle. He's doing all right. With his shirt on. on Murdering fools with his shirt on. At at no point does his his nanite technology require him to be shirtless. Vin Diesel's at the point of his career where he's he's swimming in the pool with the shirt on at the family barbecue. And that's okay with me. I'm fine. He still has the Vin Diesel voice. He can still crank it up to, to 11. Uh, he's still he's acting years old at a certain point. What are you asking out of this poor yeah. man? He's still acting in a movie that is not nearly as serious as he thinks it is and selling it as if he's going to be nominated for an Oscar. I'm all for it. He was given it 110%. That, is, that fair. is fair. Both yeah. Guy Pierce and Vin Diesel give this movie 110%. Now we it, determined this movie cost. What was it? 40. How much does this movie cost? 48 million. Yeah, forty-eight, just under fifty. Million. Twenty million of that went to Guy Pierce and Vin Diesel. Probably they, they each got they each got ten mil. And they're like, hey, slap some lipstick on this pig, please. How, how much did the uh, the not British guy from the New Girl get for this? Probably not enough because that guy acted his ass off in this. No, his British accent was the worst since Don Cheadle's in Ocean's Eleven. Terrible. He was trying so he was, hard. He was though. mildly funny, and I do love that guy. He's great in Game Night, but there was no reason for him to be British. I didn't understand that. And if it's you're the old Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven, yeah, don't, there, don't question it. There, there was a lot of British accents in this movie. I, okay, like well, the Vin Diesel's guy, wife was British. British, and I think she's British too. So that makes sense. Guy yeah, yours is British. Maybe she's Scottish. Who knows? <laughs> Guy Pierce is doing smarmy dickhead Guy Pierce, which he does very well. Uh, listen, he's built a whole career on it. He which was, honestly, yeah. he did good in Memento. He can do yeah. other things. You know, you know what? But this movie, you know, was severely lacking some Sam Rockwell. Every movie would benefit from some Sam Rockwell. I'm just saying. Well, that's not fair. I mean, literally, every, like any movie that doesn't have Sam Rockwell would be better with Sam Rockwell. That's just... Yes, and that's why Moon might be the greatest movie of all time because he's got he's multiple, only Sam Rockwell. Uh, multiple Sam Rockwell. Uh, he's yeah. not in this movie. Don't care. We love him. Doesn't matter. Now, he kills Martin X. Uh, they shut him down. Cycle repeats because Guy Pierce is taking out all the people who left his company. And Oh, we Martin, don't know that yet, though. Yeah. He just... he. Kills the hacker doom. Tony Stark, take notes. This is how you manage HR. Don't let Jake Gyllenhaal put on a fishbowl. Murder Jake that. Gyllenhaal before he gets the chance. You you nip that shit in the bud. <laughs> so anyway, right? That guy's dead. They repeat. This is where you begin to see all the behind the scenes, how this manipulation scheme goes. Katie, uh, Isaac Gonzalez, who... Breathes underwater. Yes, she has a legit power, Chumpzilla. Uh, she'd be invaluable She's... in Waterworld, for one thing. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I've seen her build. Obviously, in the movie, her name is pronounced as the letters K and T. But I've seen in the movie her name's Katie. descriptions. 
It's Katie. So, okay. Okay. So yeah, she's billed as Katie, but in the movie, they refer to her as KT. As KT, yeah. Moving on. So she's having a change of heart, and that's going to set in motion basically everything that unravels Pierce's nefarious plot, how he meets up with Lamorne Morris, etc., and so on. Now, yes, that's how paper thin the plot is. But why the movie rocks is because of the action. And there's a couple great action scenes. But before we get there, just general thoughts, right? Clearly, Chumzilla hated the movie. One of the things I just don't get in the whole movie is it's a revenge movie. I get that. That's kind of the thing. He turns against his owners a bit. But it never really pays off. Like, it it just... Well, I don't want to spoil the end, but this movie sets you up for like a payoff and you think it's going to happen and it's going to be like some kind of catharsis where Vin Diesel's character has a resolution and and like moves past his Groundhog Day routine because that's the whole thing. It's like he's been trapped in a loop and he's going to break the loop. It's really not satisfying. Like I just... Here's where I I would quibble. It's it's not Groundhog Day. It's Frankenstein. Well, kind of, yeah. And sure. in the end, the creature wins. And, I mean, that's it. That's it. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, there, there's no I mean, there's no catharsis for killing Guy Pierce because as far as we know, the only bad thing he's done is basically manipulate this dude into killing other people. Which, I mean, well, certainly it's not good, but it's not personal either. It's more like, hey, you well, were I used you in the end. Well, but but he stole his, he stole his, so. He really yes, didn't actually Frank- do anything to him, aside from use him as a weapon. But to go into any further detail about that kind of ruins why the character is tragic in a way. It really does. Mr. Wizard, you're wrong here. He does do something to Vin Diesel. He steals his autonomy. He he took him from his life. He wouldn't be alive. No, he was dead. That that's not the point though. He he had a life. He took him from his life and used him as a tool. Certainly, yes, he took his freedoms away, but he was dead. And Guy Pierce is a bad guy. Yeah, but so the point I'm trying to make here, not to get hung up in the details, is that it's also very much a daddy issue movie. He hates his father for trying to control him. And he's like, but I made you and I, I provided for you. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want, I don't want your life, dad. I want to do it for myself. Frankenstein. Like, yeah, yeah, it's Frankenstein. Very much rebelling against the, it's, it's very much like an angsty teen movie. Like, you don't know what men like me are like. You don't, you don't understand me. No, I you wouldn't know, say it's, it's at all a, a dad movie. It's definitely... Yes, uh, it is. That's just they like, have together in that fake universe that, that Guy Pierce is like, look what I can give you. And he's like, I don't want what you have. I want to do it for myself. Again, that is very 90s comic, though. So, yes, mm. very 90s comic. Very 90s comic. It's people being used as pawns of war by rich people who never see the field of battle and being put out there to that's do true. terrible things in the name of whatever. It, that's like the real central commentary and the tragedy of the character is what we will not discuss because that sort of blows the whole thing over. But, uh, yeah, Guy Pierce is not a good guy. 
Uh, that's completely fair. I, I agree with everything you said 100%. I think the problem is the, the film sets up this very cathartic, you killed my wife and it's very personal. And at the end of the day, the whole impetus to kill Guy Pierce, who we keep we keep using the actor's names, which should tell you something about the movie. That the, the names of the characters don't stick. That oh, come on, Guy just, Pierce is Guy Pierce in whatever movie he's in. Doesn't matter. That's kind of fair. I mean, does anybody call him Aldrich Killian? Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, okay. So my my point is, they set up a very personal reason for revenge in literally the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie that is very cathartic. You killed my wife, you made me watch, I'm back from the dead, I'm going to end you. And the reality is, you just kind of resurrected me and have been using me to kill people, which, I mean, certainly is bad, but it doesn't have that same level of of personal, like, I am going to end you, you're going to feel it, I'm going to look you in the eye when it happens, right? So, and I think that's that's where the movie sort of struggles a little bit. Yeah, but it it's, it is stereotypical 90s action comic meets stereotypical 90s yep. action movie. That's um, fair. Yep. This movie was made 10 years too late. And that's isn't, one of my questions that, right? now. But before we get there, I did want to say, Sequel or no sequel? Now, wh- whether we would get one anyways because it all op- opened pretty soft and now, you know, a lot of movies were affected really deeply by everything being shut Not down. Not a lot of room to breathe. $29 million worldwide, even though the budget is low. I'd like to see a sequel. I like this movie. It's dumb fun. Uh, it's, you know, it's pretty quick. An hour and 48 minutes or something. There's two to three pretty kick-ass action scenes. Uh, that's all I really need. It was like, I, you could, you know, people frown upon the phrase, turn your brain off, but sometimes you need to watch something that is not going to, you know, like, oh, I got to think a lot about this. No, Vin Diesel goes around kicking the shit out of people, and it's awesome. And he, so I don't necessarily want a sequel. Okay. What I want instead is... Exo Man of War, or I want Core, or I want one of the other Valiant comics, and at the end of it, it I want Bloodshot to show up. Okay. I, people get too hung up on this, and people forget that Iron Man won. I mean, that made a shitload of money, but it wasn't made for all that much. I mean, much more than this film, obviously. It's like 130 million, right? Yeah, it was 140. So that's a lot. Of money. You know. It, it is a lot of money, especially when you look at this film, which was uh, it's a hundred million expensive. more than this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I want but, them to be like follow that vein. This was a decent movie. I think it did what it set out to do. Now introduce another character and let Bloodshot show up in the last fifteen minutes, or 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 have Bloodshot be the guy who will help out in the second act and then is going to disappear because he's got all the shit to do. Now, before I go to Chubzilla, you bring up a very good point because this was supposed to kick off a Valiant Comics universe. That is not happening. Not when it opens mm. this soft. But I do like that idea of then building the broader universe. But Chubzilla, your thoughts? Well... <sighs> As a comics fan from the 90s of that era, I would have liked to see this movie be a little bit more successful because had it done well, as you've alluded to, 
uh, Mr. Wizard, it would have spawned a probable series of Valiant Comics movies, including Exo Man of War, which is awesome, and The Harbinger, which is also awesome, and there is a built-in crossover between The Harbinger and uh, Bloodshot. But we're not going to get that because this movie did open soft. And honestly, the direction they took with this, even with the A-list actors of Vin Diesel and Guy Pierce, I, I don't, I don't need to see a sequel to this. I, I'm sorry, like I'm not, I'm not sold on it. It, it did not catch for me. Like it just didn't, it didn't hit. I don't know if the character is just too generic. He's too punishery. He's too angsty '90s, whatever. Just yeah, I just, it's an okay movie, but I don't need to see more. I do wish they would have gone crazier with it. And so, like, Bloodshot in the comics is bleached white, and he has a big red dot in the middle of his chest. Yeah, his Rising Sun, Japanese flag. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, okay, <clears throat> on the pod, I've all, always been the guy that says, like, hey, turn up to 11. Like, I want Electro in the goofy headgear. Uh, give me the comics you know, accurate yeah. costumes. Turn up to eleven. It's nuts. We can. My body is ready. We can take it. Right. <clears throat> I think this movie kind of falls into that trap. It's, it's a little too bleh with some somewhat. I'm not gonna say this is the greatest source material, but it's somewhat mm. interesting. They could have gone a little further with it. They could have gotten weird, a little weirder. I mean, it was it was pretty straightforward. It's an action movie. Hey. I'll say this, budgetary concerns aside, even the nanite stuff was pretty bleh. Like Vin Diesel's character did not do a ton with that stuff. Yeah, no, I I disagree. I feel like what they did with the nanites was pretty neat. I thought it was inconsistent. Right? Uh, They used it like how how many times though did they really use it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Easily five, six times. You got a cool shot. Yeah. it, 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 they could have done more. The they, nanite stuff in this was cooler than the shit on uh, on Titan with Iron Man, where it looked corny as fuck. I'll tell you that. And this was way no, cheaper. And not no, to say no, the Titan. No, no. The like, fight on Titan was no, the, no, no, no. This movie has nothing on the fight on Titan. No, but when his helmet is regenerating, it's corny. This stuff looked pretty cool. Half his face is hanging off. His his listening his hearing is distorted because his ears hanging off the side of his head there's some cool stuff in there. which makes no sense because why would the nanite he's you don't need the physical construct of the ear for the well, nanites to clearly blew the ear he got shot in the face with a shotgun he doesn't have eardrums anymore he's filled with nanites he, he, he would still have eardrums I, yes yeah no i listen I don't disagree that they didn't do enough with the nanites or they weren't consistent with the nanites and how the glow worked. And that that's sort of how they excuse the comic look. Because he right, does right. sort of have the comic look at the very yes. end. Yes. yes. But they, they, instead they of having a big red circle on his chest, the idea is that there is a light from within him, which is, I think, a cool effect. It is. But, it's not bad. But there's also a, the sense that that's when the nanites are working is when the light goes off. So I, I got the sense it was supposed to be that wherever the nanites were repairing, it was creating heat, which is supposed to create that light, right? Well, also, they were like overwork power him. 
some point. Which I'm cool with. I thought that was... Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting mechanic, but they throw it in at the end, and it, it it's kind of like it's kind of like nonsense. It was them working in hyperdrive. Toss it in there. Now, you guys are overthinking this yeah. silly movie about a guy who can heal from getting shot 58 times and get a grenade thrown into him. Oh, really? Clearly. It might be, yeah, a little off of that. Mm-hmm. So my only thought on that was in the first 10 minutes, he's punching this you know, concrete pylon. And I assume there'd be some damage to his knuckles. He'd look at his knuckles, see them light up and heal. Yes. That was kind of what I was looking for as far as, hey, the nanites are, are effectively or But it only they... seems to really happen when there's like massive bodily trauma, like his face gets blown off, which is a really cool shot. Well, and also in the trailer, which seemed dumb. I think it's also called plot convenience. Now, That's also true. One of the things yeah. they do, Captain Cash, and this is clearly the cut costs as well, is when he suffers minimal damage, they generally just show him like on the floor. Or in the second action yeah. scene of the movie, it's basically all through security cams, which is, it's like, damn, I wish they had $20 million to shoot this scene the right way. Because that scene could have been really badass. Uh, you you saw him take several gunshots on the on the computer screen. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a lot cheaper than having him and having all the stuff healing and whatever else. Uh, so one of the points we, we said was, you know, would this movie have fared better if it came out 10 years ago? I think we'll be pretty much unanimous on this. But I will say, Captain Cash, you go ahead and go first. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, was the technology there to have made this movie for as cheaply as it was made 10 years ago? It's a good question. I mean, yeah. if you could have released this for $40 million in you know, 2008 or, well, even 2010. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, sure. Well, that's 12 years ago. God, we're old. Either way, my point is... Fine, 2010, you made this movie for $40 million? That's basically an indie film. Yeah, yeah. nowadays. Uh, Chumpzilla? Yeah, I mean, this this well, would have knocked I, it out of the park. Again, you got to consider the guy Pierce and Vin Diesel are taking $20 million of that right there. Yeah, I, I looked at it like this uh, 10 years ago. I, I, I haven't seen Blade in a long time. Blade was obviously longer than 10 years ago, but how well does that uh, CGI Damn near 30 at this point. I don't know, but really like, well. it's pretty that similar. Awesome. So if they could do the vampires exploding the way they do in Blade, I think you could pull this off. Uh, but I do think this movie does better on two things. I think it makes more money, and I also think it's reviewed better. This was 30%, by the way, which I found... This is not a 30% movie to me. We've seen far worse comic book movies uh, than this. Yeah, certainly the scope of this is, Suicide Squad is way worse than this. Uh, Venom, which cost five times as much as this, is way worse than this. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. Venom is, in fact, trash. That's correct. The movie we just watched, Rise of the Silver Surfer, worse than this. At least this has I feel like it's doing a different no, thing. No, no. That movie's way more entertaining than this. This movie is not entertaining. You're drunk. Go home. Uh, <laughs> I, I am drunk and I am home. I know. <laughs> as, as should be in this quarantine yeah. time, we hope you um, listening just decided to put us on while you clean. This this was getting similar reviews to like the first Ghost Rider, which I was wrong, by the way. That was a Sony movie. Uh, 
And this oh, is really? far better than Ghost Rider. It's far better than the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Uh, yeah, now no, this that's is, fair. This is my personal opinion. Now, people could disagree with it, but to me, it wasn't a 30% movie. See, here's the thing. I'm not going to elevate this movie beyond those. It, to me, this is like right there with those movies. Just, it, it's okay. It's not terrible. Two drum um, kicks. Would I spend two? Would I, would, I'll tell you what. If I spent $20 to rent to rent this movie, I'd be very disappointed. You, this you is not a $20 movie. Didn't you just Ugh. spend $60 on a plastic Wolverine? <laughs> getting, too, getting too in depth. Yeah. That's way too personal. Uh, no, Everybody not, knows he collects uh, those I, toys. I, I, no, I, I, okay. He talked about it. Full bottom. disclosure, <clears throat> I did in fact spend $65 on a black claw complete sealed lenticular shield Wolverine. Loose, loose, he's loose. But I now have all 14 loose Secret Wars figures with all of their accessories. It's a fact, Good folks. You, I buddy. have them. Yeah. Good good for you, Chumzilla. It's important but, to but, but, one, but, but you more know, importantly, thing. I spent three hundred dollars to get a uh on the card sealed hobgoblin along with a on the card sealed Baron Zemo and Daredevil. And hey folks, I am selling the Daredevil on eBay right now. Hit me up, sixty bucks, free shipping. It's yours. Make me an offer. Don't buy the Daredevil. Uh, just leave comments on his seller profile that he has shitty taste in movies and is an asshole. Now, best action scene of the film, Chumpzilla. It's definitely silent scene where she goes to, to kidnap the guy from the new girl and beats those dudes up. And she like batons that guy in the head and yeah, her baton cool. all of a sudden becomes like, like way more loaded than it was before. This is the, the guy in the head. Chumpzilla. Everything's more powerful. Yeah. It's like the Tim the Toolman Taylor version of a folding rod. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that was like the best like straightforward action scene because it, it, it had some good cinematography to get the overhead shot. It's good stuff. It was pretty cool. It was well choreographed. Captain Cash. Good fight. Good fight. I really enjoyed the chase scene where Tibbs shoots out the uh, the drones that are actually cameras. And because his power is all based on he sees through cameras now, he puts on this sort of VR helmet, which I, I don't necessarily understand why he needed the helmet because he, his his eyes are blind. So he's seeing some other way. But the way they use that and how he uses that to chase down Bloodshot, I thought was pretty clever. And I hadn't seen that anywhere else before. Like, I, I like the fight between uh, principal antagonist super soldier not Guy Pierce, whoever that is, where he's got an extra set of arms, but that just sort of felt like uh, what was Asylum. It? Felt a lot like Spider-Man 2. That fight. No, I, I was thinking uh, what's the movie where Matt Damon has to go? Asylum. Oh, no, it's called Elysium. Elysium, Elysium. that's it. Thank Whatever. you. Whatever. It felt like Elysium to me, but District at the nine. same time not. it wasn't a bad fight scene at all. I thought it was pretty respectable. Just yeah. I, I had seen it sort of before, which is why I like that chase scene where it's like, oh, that's kind of clever. I like like they use that that power they gave him in a unique and interesting way yeah. where you don't really see that with either of the other two with super kicks or can breathe underwater. Yeah, it's a good true. mechanic. You're right. It was a good use of the mechanic. You actually yeah. never get a use of the underwater thing at all, aside from her in the part where she 
is cozying up to him to get him to remember. But uh, when you mentioned that chase scene and uh, the scene where he puts on the extra arms, one of the things I really did like about this movie uh, was the props. They looked really cool. Not just like this when it goes into the CGI, but like the little weapons they're putting. Like they, the the details they had on the equipment that the the augmented soldiers had was really awesome. Which is why my favorite action scene is that last scene, which I do feel is a little bit like Spider-Man, where they're falling down the building and he's fighting. Yeah. It's essentially Tibbs, Jimmy the asshole Dalton, and Bloodshot fighting in an elevator shaft. And it kicks ass. Uh, that's my favorite action scene in the movie. I really also like the one with Martin Axe. That was close too because that kind of like sets the tone. But you do get, you, like you mentioned the chase scene. You mentioned the scene with KT. In an hour and 48 minutes, you get like four pretty awesome scenes. And that's all I was asking yeah. for when I paid $20 for this movie. Hey, in that in that last scene too, though, you do get Dalton just straight up murdering Tibbs. Yeah, well, Jimmy the asshole Dalton. You don't get a nickname like that without murdering a guy named Tibbs. Uh, yeah, I mean he cold blooded, like just let that. Him that go. was completely unnecessary. He's just like, hey, by the way, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, hey, did he did 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 Tibbs do something wrong in the movie? What we needed to see him die for? No, no, Tibbs Dalton's is actually just nice. a dick. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like, uh, did, Dalton he, just decided he is his time. Sorry, the, brother. The legitimate beefs you could have with this movie is that there is almost zero character development for Tibbs, Jimmy Dalton, even uh, Emil Harding, and KT. I guess hers is more and than Guy the Pierce. others. He's Emil Harding. Uh, there's yeah, there's just not enough plot for it. Wait. His name's Emil. Emil Harding, yeah. The thing, it happens. Yeah. Is that, I, is that guy from? Wait, is that the guy from the, the End of the Wild? No, it's Emil Hirsch. Uh, but but yes, Emil Harding. Same name. Yeah. It's like the same thing. They could be the same. My my only know. beef with this movie is it didn't do what Blade did, which was go for the hard R. Like, there's almost been no comic yeah. book movie out there. But the way this film is shot and the amount of money they spent on this film, they could have gone go- – like there's a lot of discretion shots. They could have yes. gone gorier. Yeah. They could have like thrown in a titty or v- Vin Diesel's butt double could have been in there if that's your thing. I was already but, going yeah. from 6 to midnight with the punches. Forget about Vin Diesel's butt. <laughs> Unlike 12 Monkeys, we do not get a good butt shot of the male lead in this movie. Because, folks, just remember, if you watch 12 Monkeys, you do get Bruce Willis's ass. Like, mid-90s Bruce Willis. That was a big deal. Yeah, that was a big ass. Um, but, no, this, this movie is mostly bloodless. To your point, Captain Cash, this movie is mostly bloodless. There's not a lot of bloodshed on the screen. It's very PG-13 movie goes for it a lot harder than say Expendables 3. I think this danced a very close line. There's an F there's That's an F fair. bomb. There's a lot of SH bombs. Yeah, there, there's some swear words. Now, my last question before our first break uh, is Bloodshot obviously probably popular with a section of fandom, but he's not really part of a larger universe. In a perfect world, what lesser known character, this could be DC or Marvel, would you want brought to the big screen? 
Chumzilla, I will begin with you. Okay, now, this could be a dangerous question under normal circumstances, but I am feeling extremely uh, <clears throat> open and spry today. Normally, I would say something odd, like, you know, I really want to see a Hobgoblin solo movie or blah, 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 whatever. But no, let, let's be frank here. We're talking about a Valiant Comics movie, and they are one of the all-fans of the 90s comic rush. Uh, their partners would be Image, and I'm a sucker, uh, Martin Sheen, be damned, but I am excited to know that there is a Spawn reboot in the works, and I would love to see that movie, because I saw the, the original Spawn movie, it's not good, it's bad, it's awful. Uh, the, yeah, the CGI is just yeah, the CGI. That's some PlayStation Two bullshit. Oh, unforgivable! But the rumor is, hey, and the HBO animated series was not bad. It was good, but that char- that character is so '90s and so cliche, and I get that. But the fact that they're trying to do something with it, I'm on board 100. percent I hope they can make a somehow relevant modern 90s uh, inspired Spawn movie. Okay, before I kick it to Captain Cash, I'll just say don't hold out your hopes because McFarlane's basically bankrolling it himself and writing and directing it himself. Oh my yeah, god. I, 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 I have all my faith in Todd McFarlane. So, I, I have all my know, faith in Todd McFarlane's excellent but, line of toys. Yeah. The, the guy's got money. I mean, that's not the problem. I think so. Okay. Um, So here's my thing. Like, there is a deep stable of Marvel characters I would love to see on screen, but I really don't think I'm going to have a problem. Like, they're making a She-Hulk thing. They're making a Moon Knight thing. It's a matter of time until we get Doom. So I'm really not – I can't go Marvel because I feel like we're going to get those things. What I'd like to see on screen is either – Booster Gold, who is a DC character, who basically he's an idiot from the future. He's a janitor who steals a bunch of future tech and goes back in time, reasoning that with a broad understanding of how history unfolds, he can go back and be a superhero. Um, Or I'd like to see Animal Man on screen, which is another DC character who I can't. Was it Alan Moore that wrote him or Dave Gibbons? I can't remember, but. Either or. Yeah. Basically, the whole, like, Animal Man is a, a character whose powers are he can mimic any animal, and sometimes it's a proximity thing. If he's near an animal, he can do it. If not, but it's not as though he changes he's into the animal. Like, if he wants to fly, like, if there's a sparrow, I'll, I'll mimic the form of us or the powers of a sparrow. But instead of growing wings and flying like a sparrow does, he just flies. <laughs> Uh, and he's tapped into the opposite of what the Swamp Thing is, the, the where Swamp Thing is tapped into the green, which is all the plant life in in the world. Animal Man is tapped into the red, which is all the animal life in the world. And it's this really weird, meta, crazy thing where at a certain point, Animal Man literally looks at the, the comic panel and talks to you. And I think that could make for an interesting movie. So those are, like, I, I took two. But either Blue Beetle or Animal Man is who I'd like to like. Lesser known. Booster Gold. 
Oh, what did I say? Blue Beetle. Yeah, Blue Beetle is uh, Booster Gold. Iron Black. Man. Blue, yeah. Blue Beetle's Iron Man. You can't make a Booster movie without Blue Beetle. But yeah, yeah, together. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, but uh, Booster Gold or, or Animal Man. Both uh, excellent answers. Now, on the spawn front, he is in Mortal Kombat 11, and he's pretty awesome. So, he is sweet, relevant as he ever has been. Still. His fatalities are pretty sick. <laughs> What about you, Thunderous Wizard? Now, I would say, uh, when I first started reading comics again, and I've kind of fluctuated back out of that, but I, I picked up this little series called Hit Monkey, which was about ah, a... No, that's a good one. Yeah, all right. So a uh, Japanese Yakuza hitman transfers his soul to a monkey in the hot springs in Japan. That monkey goes on to become a prolific hitman, and I think that would be awesome. I think you could make a hard R hit monkey movie. It would be a hell of a lot of fun. That's who I would bring. Because I, I bought that series. I was like, huh, that was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, it's just wacky. It's off the walls. It's bizarre. And it's, to me, I mean, it's the perfect, like, $25 million hard R badass action movie. I, my only quibble would be I feel like you'd have to spend a lot of money on CGI monkey. Yeah. Yeah, that might bring the costs up a little bit. But it's like John Wick with a with a monkey. What's not to love? He wears Hold a suit. Hold up. I'm giving that $45 million. That's a $45 million movie right there. Make yeah. it happen. I think, you know. I want a crazy a, monkey hitman movie. $45 million. It is a Marvel series. Me. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I would watch a hit monkey movie. It doesn't need to be MCU associated. Just yeah. hit man and a monkey. Together. A monkey, yeah, sounds awesome. Definitely. So we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we have name that Vin Diesel character, and I'm excited for this. All right, we'll be right back. Wait, wait who does Vin Diesel play other than himself? Hello and welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. I am the Thunderous Wizard. Along with me are Captain Cash. Hey. And Chumpzilla. Hey, folks. And this is our Bloodshot episode, the Vin Diesel Actioneer. And our second segment is going to be Name That Vin Diesel Character. So based on the description, can Captain Cash and Chumpzilla name the Vinny D character? Here's how it will go. You will get a point if you can name the movie the character is from. But you will get three points if you can name the character when I provide a brief description of them. If you cannot answer that, I'll provide a quote or the film's actual description. You get two points. And lastly, I'll give you three multiple choice options. If you get it from that, you get one point. So one point for the movie and up to three points for naming the character, depending on how many points you get. If you answer incorrectly... You're out for the round unless the other person answers incorrectly. And you must buzz in with, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Which is... Let's do this. Okay. Most famous line. Wow. Shall we begin? Please. Wait. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. Yeah, that's right. Is that, is that, is that how this works? Okay. Yeah. Number one. Now, I'm going to speak in first person because I am the character. So I'm all I'm all about family. Wait, so 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 Captain Cash, you are now in fact Vin Diesel. No, I am. 
You you are the diesel. Mr. Wizard, you now are in fact Vin Diesel. You are the man. I feel pretty good about it. I'm not going to take my shirt off, though. So, Which you is actually you pretty in character. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number one. I'm all about family and drinking beers that taste better with a slice of lime in them. I take my life one quarter at a time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's got to be uh, Fast and the Furious. It is the yes. Fast and the Furious. There's one point for the film. What is the character's name? Dom. Hobbs. I will count that. Dom is correct. It is Dominic Toretto. That is four points for Captain Cash. Thank we you. are Thank four you. nothing heading into... There's plenty of game left. Don't worry, Chumzilla. Plenty of obscure Vin Diesel characters to come. I'm concerned. How obscure are we going to get? Oh, I, gets, I know like three others. Let's it, do this thing. It gets obscure. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm already in trouble. Number two. I'm definitely not afraid of the dark. Anyone? Uh, yeah, no. So I live my life one quarter mile at a time. Captain Cash. Pitch Black and or the Chronicles of Riddick. Correct. And, and the character's Riddick. Name? Yes, Richard B. Riddick. It is now 8 nothing. And Chumpzilla, since you have told us that you had just watched this movie prior to the pod... I am deeply, deeply ashamed of you. Yeah, I guess I I feel bad for myself. You should. You will mm. never get to Not the threshold bad. with it's that disappointed. Now, I'll, I'll leave my threshold jokes for later. All number, right. Continue number, sharing me, please. Number three. It is eight nothing. Number three. Though not a Spielberg character, I do appear in a Spielberg movie. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. Captain yeah, Cash. That would be the Iron Giant from yes. the Iron Giant. Correct. And correct, he appears yeah. obviously in Ready Player the, One. Which was not a great movie. That's not technically the right answer, but whatever. Why is that not technically the right answer? Wait, you, you said the wrong movie. The so, Iron Giant from the Iron Giant? He's the Iron Giant, but he's not in the Iron Giant. It was in. He's Ready, not in Ready Player One. No, he's in the Iron Giant. Because Vin yeah. Diesel doesn't play the Iron Giant in Ready Player One. But the character oh, is. Oh, he doesn't? In it. No, I yeah. don't know. So. Okay, okay, okay. No, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Ready Player One has two cool things Mechagodzilla and King Kong. Anyways, number four. Oh, yeah. It's 12 nothing. Now you can you've got to sweep the rest of the categories, and I got to be honest here, these last three are not as easy. So, getting the four points will be difficult. Number four, Whew. in a movie gang featuring Seth Green, I'm somehow the Jewish character. <laughs> um, boy, of the room. Incorrect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got nothing to lose here, so, uh, and, you know, I live my life one quarter mile at a time, so idle hands? Incorrect. So now... It's a good guess. Can't hardly wait. You guys are back on the board. I will give the second hint, which is a quote from the movie, 500 fights. That's the number I figured when I was a kid. 500 street fights, and you could consider yourself a legitimate tough guy. You need them for experience. Okay. Anyone? Do we want to go to multiple choice? Yeah, please. And this, and this is a Seth Green vehicle? Okay. He's in it, along with Barry Pepper. 
Uh, is it A, Taylor Reese? Oh, son of a... B, Jack Dorsio. C, Shane Wolf. I know the movie now. Can I do the movie? Sure. Saving Private Ryan. Incorrect. Son of a bitch. Vin Diesel is in Saving Private Ryan. I know. That's a fact. Yeah. And his character name comes up later if we get to one of those hints, but it is none of these character names. So the movie is Knock Around, guys. Wow. It's not good. (laughs) Not a good movie. I can link to the 500 fight scene on the social. I guess not. It's not as good as I remembered it. In fact, it was terrible when I rewatched it. He beats up a hillbilly at a bar. <laughs> it's not, well, not who, well shot. Who hasn't? Who, aggressive. who hasn't beat up a hillbilly at a bar? Do we quit on the question? Yeah, no, I give. Well, I mean, we just gave. Taylor Reese. Taylor <laughs> Reese. Sure it is. Wait, is, is that the guy married to Elsa? Or is that Dean Poonman? It's Dean Portman. Number five. Chumpzilla, for just for your own morale, you you got to get one of these. Please. <clears throat> I'm dying here, Mr. Wizard. Yes, you are. You are dying and being woken up again only to see Guy Pierce. That's how bad this is going for you. Uh, number five. I traded in special ops for dirty diapers and principal wrestling. Yes. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. I'm just going to give it to Chumpzilla, even though he didn't say the right thing. Because <laughs> he said That's yes. Fair. No, I was talking to my wife. I have no idea what's going on right now. Okay. Can I take cash to you? Uh, that would be the pacifier. Or as, yeah. it was, or as it was known in Japan when I lived there at the time, when it was released, Captain Wah. <laughs> Captain Wah? That's a much hell? better name. Much better name. Uh, and this was the early 2000s, so it wasn't like there was like a Captain America to hang that on. I don't know why. Do we Captain Wang. Do we have an idea of the character? Absolutely none. Okay. Uh, I don't even, I don't, I can't even venture a guess. I'll just, I could give you the quote, but I don't think that's going to help. Nope. <laughs> well, let's just, I say we move on. Unless, Chumzilla, do you have the slightest hint? It doesn't appear so. He's waving us off. I, I believe believe he may have died, everyone. It's Shane Wolf is the pacifier. Shane Wolf. Sure it is. <laughs> the uh, options would have been Chris Varick, Boiler Room, or Private Caparzo, which is Saving Private. Ah, Caparzo. there it is. Yeah. Spielberg discovered... Uh, Vin Diesel when he basically he wrote and produced directed his own movie and Spielberg happened to see it and he wrote him into Saving Private Ryan so there's a fun fact for you oh nice yeah good job Vin yeah and he's I mean his character's rather heroic in that movie I mean they all are but yeah for sure number six this one is tough and uh, I don't think you're going to win, Chumpzilla. You are down 14 to nothing, I believe. I lost. Folks, track. I'm hurting. Folks, yeah. I'm hurting. So number six, last one. As the movie title implies, there's only one of me left. As the movie title implies, there's only one of me left. I am Groot. 
Wait. Yeah, I can't oh. believe we didn't get Groot in this at all. I, I, uh, I, 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 li I live my life one half mile at a time. Um, I am Groot. He's the last of his kind. I am Groot. I win. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. All right. I'm going to give Chumpzilla the points. Uh, that was so technically worth, he's not wrong. That was worth 15 I, points. I, he's now the winner. I'm, and you know what you get? You get one of Vin Diesel's sleeveless shirts from this movie. Joke's on you. I already own one of those movie, those uh, sleeveless shirts. I, guys, I could have been Vin Diesel's body double on this movie. I looked that pudgy in a sleeveless shirt as well. Hey, we're not going to body shame this. Vin Diesel, but... No, he's I'm just saying, he and I, we, 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 he's 6'2", I'm 6'1", we can work this out. I will he's a 52-year-old man. I'm almost 40, so yeah, we're cool. That's 12 years of difference charitably. Drugs are a hell of a drug. When we get to my recommendation, uh, I have no problem with Vin Diesel not being uh, a vain, stereotypical Hollywood leading man. And opting to keep the shirt on in this movie. The real answer to this question was Calder from The Last Witch Hunter. So, we're going to take a quick what? break. Yep, I didn't see it either. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel does not have much success outside of The Fast and the Furious. And I guess the Riddick movies, I guess. I guess. Eh, group counts. <laughs> group group counts. Count. Uh, the Chronicles of Riddick is awesome and has Carl Urban in it. So we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Honestly, anything break. with Carl Urban, I'm in for. We got to do Dread at some point. Anyway. Oof. So when we come back, we're going to do quick recommendations and we are going to get out of here. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is our final segment. I am the Thunderous Wizard. Along with me again are Captain Cash. Hiya. And Chumpzilla. Checking them, folks. And we talked Bloodshot today, which was released early due to the ongoing pandemic. I loved it. Chumpzilla did not like it. Captain Cash sort of liked it, which not means he loved it because he's on my side. So, mm hmm so we are going to do recommendations. Uh, Captain Cash, we will start with you. Uh, my big recommendation this week is going to be Meals on Wheels. Uh, head over there to mealsonwheels.org. Uh, they're helping out people who are probably some of the most affected by the Corona 19. Or I'm sorry, the coronavirus or COVID 19. Um, help out some seniors or some folks who can't leave the home and need food delivered to them, especially in this crucial time. You know, it, if you got money to give, please do. Again, okay. that's mealsonwheelsamerica.org. Well, I'm immediately regretting my shallow and worthless recommendation, but Chumzilla, what did you come up with for this week? I'm in the same boat. Hey, folks, everybody, you know, take care. Stay safe. Um, I'll make another random 90s music recommendation here because this was kind of a 90s-esque action movie so that's the uh vein i'm working on uh go for ben harper's 1995 fight for your mind it's an excellent album a lot of great songs uh very 90s a little bit angsty kind of like this movie but yeah ben harper's fight for your mind 
folks. Check it out. That's my recommendation. Okay, well, I feel a little bit better because uh, unlike last week where I recommended supporting local business, this week I was just going to recommend uh, a movie starring The Rock because as is well... As you should. As is well reported, he and Vin Diesel have a little bit of the battle of the brooding alpha male co-stars thing. So we watched Bloodshot. I liked it. I'm recommending Hobbs and Shaw, which is free right now on HBO. It was good, but in good, it's because it's so bad it's good way. It is more over the top than most superhero movies, and it's starring two people who are supposed to be actually human beings. Uh, Now, that movie did a lot better than this one, so if I was going to say, see one and not the other, see Bloodshot, because... Hobbs and Shaw made $760 million worldwide. Wow. But That's a lot of money. It must be seen because it is perhaps one of the most vainglorious exercises of The Rock's ego of all time. He is literally unstoppable. And it gets to the point where the movie goes to Samoa and they do a Samoan war dance and he enters the frame shirtless. It is as ridiculous as anything I've ever seen. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a not so good way. Uh, but it literally makes several MCU movies look plausible. Like if you were to see uh, The Winter Soldier and then you were to watch Hobbs and Shaw, you'd be like, oh, I believe The Winter Soldier could happen. I don't believe The Rock could outmuscle a helicopter, but he does. So, to be fair, Captain America does at one point outmuscle a helicopter. But he's this is true. not supposed to be a real human being. Well, I mean, yes. So, uh, watch it. It's crazy. It's off the wall. It's totally batshit nuts. Statham's great. And when I made the joke about Isaac Gonzalez being the paramour for people who are frequently old enough to be her dad, she makes out with Jason Statham in that movie, who is a year older than Vin Diesel. She was born in 1990. 53? Yeah. Yike. Now, bonus She's connection. like, what, 20? She's, she's, she's like 22 in the she's movie? She's like 30 in real life. Yeah, she's born in 1990. Uh, bonus connection, outside of her, David Leitch, Chad Stelhesky were apparently attached to direct Bloodshot, but passed. Leitch went on to direct Hobbs and Shaw. That's the circle cool. is complete. And, yeah. So... That is my recommendation, obviously. Captain Cash had the real recommendation of the pod. Do what you can to help. Maybe it's not Meals on Wheels. Maybe it's some other local organization that you're familiar with. We all got to stick together. We say it every week now. This is going to go on for a while. Yeah, again, throwing out that website, mealsonwheelsamerica.org. Help about some people who really need the most help. Stay safe. Stay home. We, we will all get through this together. And lastly, I'll close out the pod with a quote from this incredibly well-written movie and deep and reflective movie. <coughs> if you're stuck indoors and your parents are starting to annoy you, just give them a bit of old Ray Garrison, Vin Diesel's advice. You made me, but you can't control me forever. Rock on. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>